Hey, you guys. Welcome to Paradise. Um, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you a million times for listening. This connection is literally my life's purpose, and I'm just so glad you're here. Um, if you want to connect with us, feel free to go to TaraHargrove.com, hit contact, send us some mail, a little message, or you can find us on the Glow Up for Humans Who Manifest on Facebook. Anyways, let me get to this episode right quick. Here we go. Mic check? Exactly. Hello? Hello. Okay. Uh, what is today? Saturday, May 14th, Tara Hargrove and Carly. Hello. Okay, go. All right. So, that was not the right way to start off, now was it? It's okay, we'll edit, right? Yeah. Okay. So, um... Tara has um, been my mentor over the last few months and has really helped me um, grow in so many different ways. I'm spiritually, I mean, confidence, boosting, um, helping me find my purpose and pushing me towards taking actionable steps to um, fulfill that. So we're going to talk a little bit today about how we got here. Mm-hmm. and some of the things that I learned about you and how you came to those. So, um, tell me about you first, really quick. Give me like a, a you know, two minute, like, you know, this is what I do. This is what I've gone to school for. Like my kids, my, my just bought a house, that stuff. Yeah. So I'm 30. Um, I have three kids. Life is very busy. I have animals in the house. I bought a house last year and I really thought that that would make me just feel on top of the world. Um, it doesn't. <laughs> it's just another, like one of those things that, like, you know, what milestones. really should make her feel like she's on top of the world is that she like legit. I just said this to her earlier. She legit looks like Kim Kardashian and Lauren London had a baby and she's like 25. Yeah, it's gross. Anyways. (laughs) She won the genetic lottery, you guys. She's sitting here like, uber gross, pretty. Anyways, keep going. Thank you. (laughs) Um, Okay, so, like, I have a really busy life. I um, had kids really young. I work as an ophthalmology assistant at one of the hospitals here in Alaska. What does that mean? Um, I work in clinic, working patients up for the provider. So pretty much a lot of the things that an optometrist does as an ophthalmology assistant, uh, I do those things. The only things I don't do are, like, diagnose and prescribe medications and things like that so um, but I also work down in surgery so I assist in surgeries cataract surgeries um, oculoplastics you know strabismus surgeries and things like that Uh, I thought I wanted to be a nurse for so many years I think I knew I, I my heart is in social work, and I think that that is why I connect with Tara on such a deep levels. Because um, just in my heart, I really want to help people, and I thought that that came from um, you know me wanting to be a nurse. But I don't want to be a nurse. I've seen enough in the hospitals where I have a solid opinion, and I know that that's not what I want to do. So that's another thing that Tara helped me with was finding my purpose. So that is a little bit about me. 
Woohoo! I love this. Yes. <laughs> okay, so where where did you find where did you find your purpose, Tara? Oh my gosh. Okay, so um, my purpose. Uh, you guys aren't here, so you can't see what I'm doing, but I literally moved the furniture all around at 360 degrees. Walked around the room, sat on the chair, got up off of the chair, and now I'm standing here like I'm about to give a fucking speech. <laughs> uh, just so you have a visual. <laughs> like, um, okay, so I came to my purpose through a lot of pain. And, like, I think it was 2019, I had an entire year of P words, like pain, purpose, prayer, patience, posture. And I got, like, all of these, like, messages from the Lord, you know, and so if you don't know me, I kind of have a duality there where I'm like, spirit, God, Jesus, um, you know, guides, like, uh, and I, I envelop them all, and some people have really struggled with the concept, um, so just work with me semantics-wise, but, you know, from source, energy, wisdom, separate from myself, I got, like, I don't know, probably one or two P words a month. For like a straight year and um and I had already been in pattern for getting a word for the year like in the beginning of the year springtime and in, I've been in Alaska and it's like harsh the spring transition is harsh so physically environmentally you're going through and seeing and feeling changes and then you know it would always come with kind of like this this repetitive word like chosen when year was chosen um so where my purpose came from is a lot of pain. And um, and I've said this uh, the other day when I was talking to Jamie on a podcast, but I want to reiterate it because it makes sense here, is that um, part of our, part of our um, path, keywords, is to create contrast. Contrast being two very different things like that are only detectable by like each other, dark and light, black and white, contrasty things. Okay, so we create contrast, um, pain versus like maybe euphoria or whatever. Um, so I found many messages in my pain, and and I was uncomfortable. I was uncomfortable physically, mentally, emotionally. You know, I was born into um, kind of a shit situation. Um, it was hard for both of my parents. Um, so... I really think that I came to, like, Earth. I was born with, like, a deep purpose. Um, if you believe in reincarnation, if you believe in, um, you know, spirits, souls choosing to come here, like, I feel deeply that um, that I came here uh, on purpose. Um, like, I was, like, pick me, pick me type shit. And that I came here with a specific, like, let me venture out into the darkness, trip over everything possible, and then in, you know, once I'm done, in my hindsight, let me cast light on these things. Let me illuminate the DIY of surviving, you know, being alive. So in my, you know, I'm 35 this year. In those years, I have experienced so much life, like physical, mental, emotional, actual, present I was literally first person there experience, and that lent itself 
to making me uncomfortable, which then made me connect to source and synthesize that into wisdom and knowledge and applicable like things so that I could grow. And that led me to this evolution where I was like, okay, so now that I have the blueprint, like, let me try to relate that to somebody. Let me try to give this information away because I had to be enlightened to it. Like I came here to do this. I had to bust my ass and bump my head to get the information. Now I got the information. Let me figure out how to like give it to people. So that's literally like the podcast. Oh, it's a P word. Um, is what we're doing. Like that's how, why we're here. Yay. It totally makes sense. Okay, good. Um, so what do you feel like your purpose is? Mm-hmm. Oh, my purpose is, um, God, it's to, um, enlighten and empower, you know, like whoever approaches me finds themselves here. Cause I'll, you know, I'm just one person. It's me. So if I find people in my vicinity who are like, Hey, what do you think? My purpose is to give them the information that I have. Sometimes it's lived experience. Sometimes it's, um, you know, prayerfully received wisdom that has nothing to do with me. Sometimes it's just, like, good logic. Like, if this, then that, you know. Um, or sometimes it's just a safe space for people to just genuinely be themselves. Because, like, 99.9999 times out of the whatever... People know their answers. They just need a safe enough space to authentically be themselves. Because mm-hmm. then they'll just say it. And then it's like, oh. They just put two and two together in yep. front of you. Yep. I think all they need is all the time. presence yep. sometimes. Yep. Another P word. Yeah. Yes. Yes. P word. <laughs> all right. So um, one of the huge things that really helped me in um, kind of coming full circle was first addressing mental health issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and I needed that in order to be successful in all areas of my life. Um, without addressing mental health issues, I, I, I was really just spinning the wheels. You know, all I could do was work and go home and kind of do the same thing again yeah. and again and again. So yeah. tell me a little bit about um, you and how you have overcome some of these mental health issues or maybe even some of the things that yeah. you still struggle with. Yes, I love that. I love that this is like beginning questions because this is baseline being human stuff. Like, and you're so right, like, you cannot do life without managing your mental, um, your mindscape. Like, you know, so, um, I, I, I think I'm supposed to say that this is not medical advice. Yes. Um, and this is just opinions. This is my lived experience. I'm sure Carly will share some of her lived experience. Like, these are just opinions. I, um, I, is not medical advice. Okay, so, um. I spent a lot of time in my childhood feeling like something was really wrong. And then as I aged, I realized, oh, well, that was because there was lots of upheaval and it caused me to have anxiety. And that seems, you know, pretty normal. Once you had, I had some um, ability to have some distance from the situations. Yeah, of course, you know, I was, I was anxious as a child because there was anxiety producing situations happening in my household or whatever. And the older I get, the more I realize, like, uh, maybe not so, like, anxiety-producing as it was fucking traumatic. And, you know, the more wisdom I got and the more I understood the world, the more I realized, like, oh, my God, that was fucked up. (laughs) Right. um, So, you know, which came first, the chicken or the egg, in regards to trauma and mental health, like, genetic activation, environmental factors, whatever, whatever. And I want to preface this, like, if my mother ever listens to this, 
absolutely not my mother's fault. My mother is a fucking saint. She's a wonderful person. She did her, like, wholehearted, whole ass try to do her best by me. So, like, has nothing to do with, like, that. But, you know, we live in a, we live on earth. We live, you know, this is real life. So, you know, one person cannot be the end-all, be-all for any other person, including mothers. That's right. a whole fucking message in itself. Yeah, it truly is. Right. So, um, you know, my mom had her own mental health stuff. My family, you know, some of them struggle with mental health stuff. Um, and, and it's my honest opinion that most people, it's 2022, most people right now are struggling with some level of mental health stuff. And what does that mean when I say there's, like, no, they don't have a diagnosis, or maybe they do. But they have enough of an issue that that if they altered their behavior, things would get better. If they altered the way that they think, things could be better. Um, it, does, it negatively affects them. Their mental health status negatively affects them, their life, their kids. Okay, that's what that means, mental health issue. So, you know, um, to me and where, like, where I've landed here, mindset is everything. You know, the ability to manifest, the ability to meditate, the ability to sit with the Lord, the ability to um, pull yourself out of, like, a tailspin when you're pissed off. All that happens in the mind. And um, I've been studying human design lately. And so, you know, I, I'm fully aware that this is not going to resonate with everybody because different people tick different ways. But for the people who do resonate with, like, the same trajectory as me, like, my mind has to be, first of all, balanced and clear. And, uh, and there has to be some, like, consistency to that. And my natural chemistry is really sad. Um, and I wish... Sometimes I wish that I had been angry, you know, mm-hmm. some people do angry really well and they defend themselves and, and I didn't, I was really a self-abandonator <laughs> and I was very sad. I felt unloved. I felt like I didn't belong. And then I went out into the world and acted that out, that I was rejected. I didn't belong, that nobody could see me. Nobody loved me. You know, I had had abandonment and rejection, like really intense stuff happened in my childhood on repeat. And, um, uh, and so I was, I was acting in that identity, like, um, this is who I am. So that identity also affected my mental health, right? Because mm-hmm. if, you, if you hate yourself or if you don't hold value, then... Depression. Yeah, depression, <laughs> self-esteem issues. And then, you know, anger turned inside is depression. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have experienced grief or grief or loss or sadness, primary stuff, primary emotion stuff, that can go outwards as anger, expression, outwards as anger, or inwards as depression. So it's so important, sidebar, to express your emotions. Don't explode. Express your emotions. Because if you don't express them, then you repress them. If you repress them, you hold them in your body, and it will make your physical body sick and it will cause depression. Not a medical opinion, but that is what I've seen myself and other people. I hope it resonates if that affects you. Anyways, um, so as I, if I had been effectively medicated as a young woman, I think that I would have had much more success in school because I couldn't really pay attention. um, And I was hypervigilant because I was scared. I was scared of life, I had been attacked. You know, I, I was hypervigilant, like, um, my nervous system was a fucking shit show. So, um, 
eventually my trauma and my mental health issues led me to my addiction. And my addiction, which I want to go, like, I want to do a whole, like, hour explanation, stories, so that people can really hear that part. Um, but it was a couple of years, like, really neck deep in some bullshit, did all the things, um, and I eventually ended up in prison. And at that point, I was like, hold the fuck on. I hate it here. <laughs> um it's not for me. Yeah, this is not for me. They won't <laughs> let me wear eyelashes. There's oh, no, no fucking pho here. No pho. Yeah. Okay. And so pho is a Vietnamese soup. If you haven't had it, you need to try it. It's 2020. Yeah. Can everybody know what pho I hope is? So. I, I hope. picked my photo studio location <laughs> based on the fact that there was a pho in the strip mall next door. I'm, I'm not joking at all. <laughs> it really was part of my criteria. Um, so, you know, I... Uh, I... Um, got out and I, I realized I had to skills train myself and grow myself up. And I realized that a lot of my distortions in my mind, I was lying to myself about all this stuff and that it was up to me to decide what my identity was. And like, I also want to talk at some point, you know, at length about my theories on identity and self-identifying and self-awareness, but that was all fucked up and that's a good piece of the puzzle. So I got on antidepressants and I had, I mean, I had been on antidepressants on and off, but I found one that worked really well for me. So I stayed on that one for a long time. And then eventually it started making me really, really anxious. And and it was, like, really bad. Like, I had, um, oh, well, and, you know, I'd had some social social things happen. And um, my uh, one of my exes had passed away. And so it, it came, like, socially, externally, it was upheaval. And, um, and under the pressure of that, I had balanced okay. But I really, my mental health just took a fucking dive. I mean, I was so shook that I remember thinking, like, I would literally rather be dead than just be breathing right now because the level of depression and intrusive thoughts that, like, the OCD was causing me was so chaotic. Like, it was, like, it was the worst pain that I have ever endured. And, like, I have been through some shit. Like, I would have rather just be hit with a car repeatedly. Like, just just run me the fuck over then have to do that it was so awful because you cannot escape your mind right and so that really made me value the um my brain space and how sacred that was even more so when I went to go make a change eventually it was just out of the buckets like I was like nearing nearing running out of energy on either end like it was like some some spin happened you know what I mean because mm-hmm. I cannot live like this anymore I'm just gonna employ some of the buckets and you know from my addiction and from you know running the streets and you know, gang gang on the weekend, like, I knew that the fuckets were really dangerous because that's how I had arrived there. But at that point, it was like a survival tactic. Like, I have to employ these fuckets or I'm not going to make it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just did my best. I, I upped my hours where I was working and I just did all the things that I knew how to do that were healthy, whatever. Because before I had had the fuckets, I was hiding. I was in mm-hmm. my bed, literally 24 hours a day, like, shook. Like, what does that even mean? It, just, it was a crazy experience. Like, I think, you know, spiritually, I was being uploaded, downloaded, all kind of shit. I was being upgraded, and I didn't know, but it felt so bad. So, um, um, I had breakthrough, you know, and I spent all of that time where I was feeling, like, mentally tortured on my face, in prayer, talking to God, like, you know, I just, it was a, it was a transformational thing, but it was painful. 
So um, eventually I got to a little bit of a better place and I had some breakthrough and I changed meds again and that one was more heavy on the anti-anxiety and I have been on that med for maybe three years now and um, and uh, what I know about mental health is that like much like life, like I'm not privileged to be here. Like my bo- this body, the the flesh suit that I inhabit, like um, I'm not I'm, I'm not entitled, you know, to like have to experience life in any type of way. Just like somebody who like doesn't have their sight all the time, or doesn't have their hearing all the time, like we're not entitled to that. And it's something very very common. Like people get to rely on their mind and their their state of mind and their attitude and that's not that's not um that's not for everybody it's just not how it's not most people are yeah. built actually yeah. and especially with all the stressors yeah. in today yes and all of the things that we have to do yes. just to survive mm-hmm. um yeah i sometimes looking at you i'm just blown away because <laughs> how you went through all of these things that you went through and you're still you know, working to give to everybody else and teach them everything that you know and uplift them. It's just amazing to see because most people don't come out of that or they don't see anybody else who's come out of that. I know I suffer from depression and anxiety yeah. myself and really having to readdress um, the fact that, hey, you need meds, mm-hmm. you need something mm-hmm. because you are your body's just not doing it for you and accepting that that's okay that sometimes our bodies just can't can't do it just like a diabetic needs insulin and we don't shame that you know Mm -hmm. um you just have to meet your body like like separate yourself enough from your body to allow you not to have pride issues with helping it because you you know especially as we age like things change you need to take care of your body part of self-care is being able to effectively assess what do I need and then meet your body there. And one of the other things I wanted to say was that, fuck, where did it go? Um, buffering. Yeah, I'm buffering. <laughs> it's loading, you guys. It's gone. It'll probably come back. Yeah, all right. So um, you have a beautiful family now. Um, you're happily married. I am. Uh, your daughter's amazing. I think so too. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me about, you know, how you went from single, run the streets, Tara, mm-hmm. to adoptive mom, um, amazing wife. You run your own business. You're like mm-hmm. the bad B nah. of Anchorage nah. uh, to a lot of women. I, I know a lot of people that, you know, we look up to you. So Aww. tell me a little bit about, you know, home life, like how you balance spouse, kids, work, life. Um, I ask for help a lot. I ask for help a lot. And, um, and I know what I'm able to do boundaries-wise. And I do systems really well. Um, So my daughter came to me because I told the Lord when I was in prison that anybody who presented themselves to me that I could help, I would help. That that would be the change of heart. Because for so long I had just been in a position where if somebody needed help, I was like, yep, me too. (laughs) Um, And I was not willing to give because I was, you know, I was in scarcity and I was so wounded, you know, and, and. Um, I was I was that way you know what I mean like that was real I wasn't I wasn't being cheap with my energy I was really like 
starving energetically, spiritually, mentally, emotionally. I just didn't have the bandwidth. But when Vea came into, when when the option of caring for my daughter became like a permanent possibility, I was really overwhelmed by the concept because I was like, hold, hold the fuck on. Like, you know, I had just been out of prison for a couple years. And when the process started, I was still on probation. Um, and, uh, and it was like, it was, very overwhelming it was like a free fall I was actually just trying to explain this to somebody the other day but it was literally one of the most scary things that I've ever done because it was so anxiety producing and you know like I said like I already had mental health stuff I was still establishing myself in the community like being able to take care of myself and all that you know so you know a lot of the on my personal level a lot of it was new and difficult and I was you know cross training and then you know Vea was like I think she was almost five when I got her and um and so she was like a whole baby you know she could like she was potty training and all this stuff you know but but she was a little person you know and so I had to learn tenderness and patience and I came you know like I was um really rough around the edges I was really not a tender person I was not a patient person I was not a kid person at all and I had been you know in my previous life before I had had experienced addiction but um in having to protect myself while I was you know, being a drug dealer and all those things, I had lost that tenderness and that ability to do those things. So it was really just fortuitous and like the universe giving me another gift to draw me out to be, you know, a mother and to be tender and to read my child and to, you know, be able to learn how to parent. Um, and each kid is different. Like, you know, I have helped raise many children and each of those children require different things from you because they're different people. So, Vea is a very tender child. She's um, patient and kind and inquisitive, and um, and she was patient with me because I was angry still. I mean, not I'm not fully unangry, but I was angry still, and she it was just me and her for a long time. So, you know, she was the first, probably the easiest to love, you know, and the first of like gathering my family back together. But as we were doing the adoption process, like I said, it was super, 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 super fucking scary. It was hard for me to know how to hold on and let, you know, where to attach. And I had already struggled with attachment, you know, so it was like, I didn't want to be apathetic, but I didn't want to fully, you know, close hand, like squeeze the fucking rope type shit because, you know, what if something fell through and I wasn't able to like keep her and then I had to worry about her for the rest of her life and all this, you know, just what ifs and thanks. Yeah, girl, it was really fucking hard. So I just did my best. I told the Lord, like, listen, you're going to do all this. And if you want me to do it, then I will do it. But I And I will sign the fucking papers. But I'm not fighting with these people. Like, I'm not none of that. And I didn't. Do you feel like the adoption and connecting with Vea and all of the great things that she is mm-hmm. wounded or um, helped to heal that wounded part of Absolutely. you? Like, it's so perfectly constructed. Like the way that, like, God drew me out of myself, mm-hmm. like, even just back to, like, being born, like, all of the things in hindsight, you can see how God drew these things out of me, like, here, where, so I'm, like, when I say, like, I'm cookie cutter made to, like, to teach some of this shit, like, it's because, like, it's been, like, a delicate dance, where, like, things have drawn things out of me just at the perfect time, at the perfect, like, it's just really, like, I'm just here. Chills. Yes, like, right? I have spirit, spirit <laughs> here, right? Yes. And, like, I have chills because you say that a lot. You say mm-hmm. that, you know, it's by design. Mm-hmm. And 
it it hit me now oh. like it really hit me now fortuitous it just is by design yeah it's the it's timing is everything and um and time doesn't exist so um you know we have no ability to really with the exception of um, deciding what our perception will be and how we're going to address it mm-hmm. like um we have no control over anything except for to respond to the best of our ability so when something presents itself to you you can allow it to draw out of you what you're supposed to be mm-hmm. or you can run a lot of people like to run I, I ran for a while um how did you balance being a mom girl. and working and and trying not very gracefully it's really really <laughs> hard I don't know how you people do it like there are people I have okay so I have a business um it's called Tara Harker Photography in Anchorage Alaska I'm a boudoir photographer um it's pretty successful I love it here um and how do I balance it I asked for help I asked for help um I am I'm basically the disciplinarian for my daughter like I'm the one who sets like the structure and the you know expectations and you know I'm like the the bones of parenting my daughter my mom lives with us and obviously my husband lives with us and you know they kind of offer her like um companionship and like friendship mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm not really on that tip like you know when my daughter's in her 20s she'll probably be my friend but um you know Vea comes from trap house and her family struggled with some stuff and um she's going to at some point probably require from me really really strict serious boundaries maybe not you know when I look into like whatever like in my mind's eye I don't really see Vea struggling a whole lot but I do see her needing that level of like structure and like real like like you know um good foundation mm-hmm. so i'm the I'm the rafters, you know what I mean I am the um you know uh, I don't even know what the word is like I'm the thing that everything is built on top of, so um I work and I feed myself and I dress myself. <laughs> And I, you know, observe my daughter and use what I know about her and about being alive to assist her in growing up and um, being grateful and being proactive. Um, But I don't really do a lot of play. And the reason is because I'm not very good at playing myself Um, as a as a one as me by myself. Or even, like, with my husband. Like, one of the things, one of the reasons that Jay, Jay was so phenomenal, life-changing to me, is that Jay's really good at playing. Jay's really good at being lighthearted. Something that I really admire about him, and it's something that balances our situation. Because he's so, um, easily lighthearted. Like, he can post, um, he can, he can live off of that dynamic with, like, because he identifies with it. I'm still learning that. I'm still learning how to um, not be serious. <laughs> so uh, balancing all of that, look like me asking for help, look look at me looking at myself really objectively and being like, this is what I can do. This is what I cannot do. 
this is what I'm working on. Communicating that effectively to, like, my family and, like, how we're going to do this. Mm -hmm. And then all of us, like, kind of volunteering for jobs. You know what I mean? Like, and them being willing to help or, like, them being willing to participate. Vea being willing to be open to being parented by a whole village as opposed to, like, just me, which was the way that it was for a long time. You know, it requires a lot of those. It requires a lot from, you know, not just me. Yeah. So in your self-healing journey and all of the things that you have shown other women how to do, uh, one thing that always sticks out for me, and I actually have some of your very powerful daily affirmations written down and on a sticky note and they're taped to my desk so they don't go anywhere. Um, And I I do look at them and I add to them. Um, But just tell me how how you came across these daily affirmations and how you um, how you compose them because sometimes the vocabulary is just super powerful because I don't know any other way any other way to describe that mm-hmm. um, or maybe it's just the way you compose them mm-hmm. I don't know what it is but there's some that just feel very powerful and they're very helpful because the more that I speak them to myself, the more that I believe in them and the more that I am willing to step into the power mm-hmm. that I feel like speaking positively mm-hmm. gives me. Mm-hmm. So I just want to know, you know, you're my mentor mm-hmm. and you're a mentor to a lot of women around here. But how did you come across this? Affirmations is just something like every guru talks about, you know. So I was like, OK, we got to do that. Negative thinking is something that everybody talks about when they're trying to self-help. And so it was like, okay, we got to look at that. Um, and then identity, like I said, it's a whole thing. So I'm um, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, right? Let's say we believe that he created um, the heavens and the earth by speaking it out. And then he said that he created us in his image. So let's say that that's our belief system, which, okay, that's fine today. Um, then our ability to speak first, our ability to speak and create that's, fact and then um our ability to um adam and eve their job adam's job in the garden he was supposed to name things his job was to identify things so um so that gives me the ability to say what it is not only do i create with what i say but i also define it i can name it so i am whatever the fuck i feel like right um or I am whatever it is I've designed for the day or whatever, you know, and a lot of, a lot of it's just channeled messages. A lot of it's, um, you know, I'll like piece things together. Some of it's from this book and some of it's Mm -hmm. from this thought and some of it's from an email that I got and some of it's from this, you know, cosmic, whatever lady and astro, whatever lady. And I don't fucking know, like just, eclectic because all of the incoming messages for my media is all um it's been uh curated to inspire um light and so it depends on like the specific one but it comes from everywhere and it's it's about being empowered in a way that says like i am whatever i say that i am like i i and and what you have to say or what you think really has nothing to do with my reality. Like, it cannot. Like, like um, quantum-wise, it, it does not. But, like, you know, self-esteem-wise, 
it just can't because you're the only one who's ever going to know your whole story. You're the only one that's ever going to know all the variables. You're going to, you're going to know all of the secrets and the secret shames and the, the things that you're proud of and the things that you, you're really good at in the closet, you know, like you're going to know the whole story for your storyline. Only you can define that. Only you can define that. So practicing that, practicing being in charge. That's important. I love it. Because mm-hmm. we're, we're so often told what to be, you know, right. we're, we're told, you know, oh, of course you're fat. It's genetic. Like right. we're told all of these, these false things that we Reasons. start to identify yeah. with. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it really helps me to get out of that. So you said something too, um, that kind of brought me to my next, my next point, your spiritual growth. So mm-hmm. you said, okay, like we believe God <laughs> created, you know, the world today. I, um, so yeah. tell me about, cause we've had this conversation before where yeah. it's okay to be Christian and yeah. it's okay to believe in other things yes. that people would consider witchy, right? right? Like it's okay to believe in herbal medicine. Yes. It's okay to believe that I have spirit guides that I have, you know, yes. other people that are not just God, right. um, you know, Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Tell me about how you, that's something I had to personally overcome and be okay with and still feel that I am Christian and I still believe in a God. Um, but it's also okay to understand and identify with other beliefs as well. Yeah. So much of, I think, Christianese is like um, judgy and shame bound that it's been tainted. I think that, um, I think that Christ. That, I don't think that that was his intention. I think that assholes have, like, snatched up what would be their spiritual structure and created religion and then taught it to the masses. Masses of people who enjoy having any excuse to be to feel superior and to shit on other people. I'm really disinterested in anything that has to do with that. Um, I was raised Baptist. Um, and, and I, you know, don't mean any disrespect to anybody who's ever gone to church with me or whatever. Like, um, it's not about the people per se. It's about the overall culture. Um, so I just, I cannot like, you know, this is lived experience. I can only know what I know. Um, and I know what resonates with me and I know when I encounter something that's true. And I know when I encounter something that's like, that's horseshit. So I just do my best to, like, follow um, my gut or whatever. Um, And, you know, uh, as far as, like, you know, for instance, guides. Catholics believe in angels and guides, you know, saints. Um, uh, In the book of Jude, it talks about the book of Enoch, but the book of Enoch is not actually in the Old Testament in the Bible, um, but the book of Enoch talks about angels and, you know, witchcraft and makeup and the receiving of how to make um, weapons and all kinds of stuff. If you haven't read it, read it. It's good. It's kind of dry, but it's good for understanding, you know, whatever, religion, spirituality. Um So, you know, to me that said, okay, so where are the rest of the fucking Bible, you guys? Like, 
Where, like, if, okay, in Jude, which is the book before Revelation, in the Old Testament, in the Bible, currently, they're talking about a book in the Bible that's supposed to be in the Old Testament. Did I say that right? But anyways, in the Old Testament, but it's not fucking there because they took it out. Why is it not there? What's in it? Okay, gotta hunt it down. All the secrets. Right? So, (laughs) I mean, I just, you know, I don't, I'm not, I did not go to theology. I did not, you know, I'm not... This is me chasing the truth and, you know, looking and reading and trying to look for light and clarity. Um, And what I found was um, that it seemed very plausible, even from a biblical stance, that we would have guides, that we would be able to call on angels, that our ability to, that whatever makes our heart pump, whatever gives us life, that we would be able to conduct that energy in some way. Why? Because Christ said, you know, greater these things and greater you will do. Pentecost, uh, Holy Spirit falls on the earth and, you know, Christ goes back to heaven and then the Holy Spirit is here to be our comforter and to empower us, empower us to do what exactly? You know, the, the today's church talks about, you know, um, Holy Spirit filled and whatever, whatever. But we leave no space for God to be God. You know, we take action and we um, have that very masculine energy like, oh, we'll, you know, make a bill to... We're going to pray that God gives us whatever this is, $20,000, and then we're going to go and just make sure that all the money is there themselves. Like, they're going to go and work those hours and then give it to the church. Um, and I'm not saying that that's not um, not good or bad. That's It's just a thing, but it's not spiritual. Right. <laughs> um, it's action. That's action. That's man-made action. If you believe in a God that is all-powerful, then you would leave space for God to do things. You would leave space for God to be part of the team. Mm-hmm. If you believe that God was real, then you would allow for miracles to happen. There's really, in today's church, as far as I can tell, there's no space for God to even be present, let alone participate. Mm-hmm. It's um, That's huge. That's yeah. huge because I have to say in my own life, I don't leave space. Mm-hmm. I pray, 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 and mm-hmm. I think, think, think. Mm-hmm. And I asked for, maybe it's because I asked for simple things, like just keep my family safe or um, thank you for everything that I have. But I really, I don't ask for things that I feel like might be out of reach. So that just shows my ability of distrust mm-hmm. that he will provide. Mm-hmm. Isn't that um, beautiful? That, I had that realization too, right? Like somewhere in, you know, because yeah. let me preface that with like, okay, everything that I'm saying, somebody told me, be it like internally or like, you know, guidance wise, or I read it or I heard it or like nothing is new under the sun you guys don't fucking think that anybody ever has an original thought this is me translating my experience whatever but somewhere in my timeline i heard something that triggered that thought like holy fuck uh i pray small because i don't really think you're there well and so that's hard because i stand like so firm in my faith that god exists and that he's there but i think that i'm human and i have to do my part but in me being human and doing my part, mm-hmm. like, I do have to still leave space for him mm-hmm. to do his. So well, doing human and doing your part, I mean, that comes to, you know, where you think that what you think is required from you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't it's not a spiritual requirement. It's mm-hmm. more of a um, like toxic work culture mm-hmm. requirement, mm-hmm. like the mm-hmm. do, do, do mm-hmm. and the save, save, save mm-hmm. and the work more hours. Mm-hmm. So that this can be provided 
to you, yeah. right? I but, mean, that's some really masculine energy. You think about, like, masculine and feminine. Feminine is, like, I'm going to manifest and, and I'm going to rest and I'm going to allow and I'm going to um, manifest. And, and masculine energy is, like, go out there and flex and get it and work and sweat and, you know, nine to five and then work a couple hours in the evening and, you know, bust ass. And that's cool. There's a different structure for different folks. I'm not, there are things that work for people. Like in human design, like I was talking about, there are people who are like, their, their, their profile is called generators and they, they have to be moving and shaking. They have a lot of energy. It's part of what makes them healthy. You know, it's part of how they expend their energy to allow themselves to rest. That That's the way that they tick. That's for them. This is not for me. And in my, in my, yeah, and in the way I look at the world, you know, I think that there's so much overt masculine energy that we have muted the ability to have feminine energy. And therefore, we have muted the guidance and the um, gifts that come with that. So there's so much more um, peace and rest. And we don't allow for the messages to come through. We don't allow for the miracles to come through. We don't give it space. We don't give it time. And, like, in in resting and not taking action, all of that energy that would be action goes into manifestation. And so we could manifestate from just chilling. But instead, in our fear and anxiety, we would take action. Because at least then I know. I tried. Right. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's kind of about, like, where you want to put your, which eggs are you trying to put in your basket? And, and a lot of that's, like, you know, there's different, like, there's different books. Um, E squared, E cubed. Um, what's the book that I gave to you? The blue one with the gold writing. It's called. Um, um, a Course in Miracles. Yes. A lot of that will teach you guys who are listening. Um, check that out. Check those three books out about um, applicable ways to teach tangible results and manifest manifestation like the the abc's one two three is bullet point this is how you do it this is how much space you leave it like because i'm very i want practical steps i want to understand practical give me a fucking recipe you know a cup of what um so that will like e squared like if you are just like what the fuck is she talking about e squared that's your book um it's by pam grout maybe pam grout excellent book listen to it twice uh so yeah, I don't know. I can't remember how we got there. Religion, spirituality. I just, um, yeah. I've come to a place where, you know, I carry um, all of myself, you know, my highest self and my shadow self. And I try to respect both them bitches. Um, and, and my ego is the person riding this life. Like, is she's the person who gets her feelings hurt. She's the person who gets disappointed. She's the person who carries resentments for the trauma in my childhood. And, you know, um, I try to give each of the parts of me space to breathe. And I try to keep my ego as silent as possible. She's the one who gives me grief and puts in no work. Mm-hmm. Um, she's the one who got all the fucking what if questions and all the, the earthbound fears She's the one who forgets that we never die. Um, so, you know, spirituality is looks like trying to shut her up, trying to allow my highest self to speak and my shadow self to do her job and work and, um, and trying to be clear on what my dreams and goals are. A lot of times, you know, especially with mental health issues and with trauma, 
we forget that it is sacred to dream and we won't even do it on a broad scale, let alone a very specific scale. And like you were just saying, you don't, you don't do it in a big scale, you know, like, like, okay, what does my dream house look like? Oh, it's three bedrooms, two bathrooms, and it's got one car garage. And, you know, it's just, I mean, not that that's not a great thing, but like it, it would be basic average stuff, you know, like, and that's very materialistic, but it's because it's measurable. It's easy to visualize. Um, you know, it's not some fucking, it's a 12 bedroom mansion with a golf course inside, you know, like, why not? I don't particularly want that, but like, why not? What, you know, what does my son look like? I'm manifesting uh, an infant currently. What does my son look like? I know exactly what this nigga look like. In my mind's eye, I've seen him a thousand times. Like, why, we're manifesting for things that we cannot see, but we comprehend. We're manifesting things that I cannot do for myself, right? How do, and how do I know that I manifest it? Because I see it everywhere. Everybody I know got a baby. Everybody I know is pregnant. It's on its way to me. How do I know? Because I see it. Because I see it. I saw it then, and, and now it's active in my world. Um, so spirituality has become a place where it's like, God is real. Christ is real. Holy Spirit is real. I have a bunch of guides. They're real, too. Um, we never die. Uh, there's many me's. I try to let us all breathe. Like, um, But those are the things that resonate for me. And, I, and my expectation is not that... Not that even we would share the same semantics because it's all words, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm describing to the best of my ability what's going on for me, but maybe the words don't even, you know, make sense sometimes. So, you know, like I said, only I will know what my experience is. And, you know, I could do my best to describe it, but, you know, people have to really seek out what's real and true for them and just lean on that because you can't go wrong there. Even if you were wrong, even if you were totally wrong compared to everybody else in the world and everybody was like, you're wrong and we're sure. If that's your truth, that's your truth. you got to live that. That's what you're here for. Amazing. Always in awe. Stop. <laughs> All right. Um, so uh, some of these things kind of just come together, um, you know, goals and strategizing Figuring out like your dream job mm -hmm. is a, something that our toxic <laughs> culture yeah. talks a lot about. But, yeah. you know, I have never had a dream job. Um, I also never really had a purpose until now, mm -hmm. you know, after doing um, some of these classes and exercises with Tara. I really feel like I have found my purpose and I'm very excited to get it get started with that. Um you know, so like finding fulfillment, finding your purpose and and how how did how did you come up with your class for this? Oh, OK, so um, and not even so much as how, like what were the things that you went through? Right. Oh, that kind okay. of um, made you realize that all of this works together yes. and it's something that can be taught to other people. It wasn't just luck in your life. What was the first one you did? So it me? was um, the first one I did with you. Yeah. Um, it was like three things that I wanted to accomplish, like three goals yes. over this yes. year. And then it was breaking those down mm -hmm. into those actionable Slowly steps. steps. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, then even going down as far as to make the fucking phone call, Carly, yeah. you know, or... Yeah. Send the email or just yeah. like the small part.